So this week on Bottom of the Barrel podcast, Aaron and I are coming into a room where we are currently being recorded on film. Um, hello, world. Uh, we have a new idea, which is that Brian, my forever cunty hetero spouse. <laughs> forever cunty. Yeah, forever cunty hetero spouse. It's uh, not that you've known him for a long time. It's just that he's forever cunty. He, well, whether I have been best friends with Brian for 20 years or not is irrelevant. He would be a cunt with or without me. It just so happens that I give him a good focus for his cuntiness. Um, but I believe that it is a integral part of who I am as a person. And it makes me a lot funnier to have Brian saying snarky things about me. Sure. And you too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we decided we are going to film this podcast thing now. And then Brian is going to make snarky slash cunty comments over what we talk about. Um, yeah, we'll see how it evolves, man. Yeah. Also, we have no idea what we're talking about this week. Uh, Aaron just told me that he was going to spring it on me after we went live. Well, dude, this is your show. I, ex- I it's, it's expect our you. Show. <laughs> it's really your show. <laughs> we, I expect you to take the direction. But here's what I was thinking. You should silence your phone, by the way. It's funny. You have this is a this is blatant hypocrisy. You have your laptop open where it's I cannot, quiet. but I can't see the screen. It's on. Mine's on vibrate. I, I turned the vibrate off on mine. Man. I don't even know how to do that. I'd have to call Brian in to do it. Give it <laughs> Here. Turn it on. Turn the vibration Un- on. Unlock that shit. That's, the password is one, two, three, four, five, six. If you're a police officer listening to this, <laughs> I'm going to have to change that. The only reason it exists is to keep them off my phone in the event of an arrest. This is some space ball shit, man. Um, where is your... Uh, I have no idea. It's in settings, which are... All right. I will find it. This is how Aaron well, stumbled on all my nudes. In any event, dude, I do not <laughs> want to look through the pictures on your phone. I feel like I would either be really certain ones really are going to get you excited, or and then there are other moments where you're going to be like, didn't want to see this. for the rest of my life. Yeah. All right. So I'm turning this. You have vibrate on ring off. I'm going to turn vibrate on silent off. Oh, all right. All right. Well, this is a setting I didn't even know existed. It's now, on silent. Yeah. No. Yeah. There you go, man. All right. Cool. You're all set. So I was thinking about the fact that while Brian was out of town in Switzerland doing super cool shit with Zach Carbo, we tried to record two podcasts and we only had a 50% success rate. We recorded one. Although I am not sure that that memory card didn't just disappear. Like I think we may have actually successfully recorded it. I mean, it seemed to be recording. But maybe the, <clears throat> the media got lost. I also feel like it is not the biggest loss to humanity that that was lost because you confessed to a somewhat heinous crime that I will not I will not uh, reiterate uh, I don't think it was heinous um, are you gonna tell the story again Is that I, I'm willing to tell the story <laughs> and in fact I was thinking that that could even be the theme of part of this this episode um, bar fights bar fights good God things. I have shied away from my entire adult life. I don't, I I should say, I know that there are definitely dudes that don't shy away from bar fights. Oh yeah. That go out looking for fights. Oh yeah. Because I know many of those guys. After, (laughs) after spending three years working as a doorman, um, at fairly chill places, you clearly saw that there were certain people that walked into a bar feeling like, and I, I don't know if that's like sexual frustration, venting it out that way. Um, that's a good question. I've never thought about it that deeply, but it's very possible. I mean, 
to me, it's weird. Like it's a power play, right? I'm when I was when I was a young man, going out on the weekends. So yesterday, right? Maybe twenty or so years ago. <laughs> I mean, what was what was the point of going out to the bars? Basically, like get drunk, hang out with your friends, but mainly all of the you like the end goal was to take a girl home at night or go back to her place, right? Yeah. I'm glad we got to that. I was like, well, are we about to segue into something different? It so definitely, to me, it's weird that you would want to show up somewhere and your goal is like, nah, man, I don't want pussy. I want to fucking punch another dude in the face. I'm not sure that the two are mutually ex- Well, so as adults, we recognize that the two are mutually exclusive, but I'm pretty sure that in our 20s, it seemed that a overt display of masculinity, like taking another man and like, Forcing him to your will. Uh, I hear you, but I think that's misguided. No, certainly like, it is. But did I you mean, ever see a girl in a bar after a bar fight be like, "Those are the guys that I want to hang out with"? I'm sure they no, exist. But I'm I sure they think, exist, but that's not the average reaction, right? The, the self awareness to make that judgment call. It's like, have you ever seen a dude flexing in a mirror at a gym? That's fair. And a girl it's, being like. <sighs> Your triceps are so big, and it's always three other dudes are like, "Bro, what'd you do to get your triceps so big?" And the guy's like, "Man, why don't chicks ask me this question?" Yeah, I, I feel like it's the same thing as like truck nuts, right? Yeah, or a like, burnout in a parking lot. Like everybody's like, "Damn, that car, that car's got a lot of power." Also, every chick is like, "Why is that guy's dick so small?" Totally, man. Yep. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, yeah, truck nuts. The other thing that my wife brought up the other day was. Uh, you know, they make fake testicles for dogs, yep. like implants. Yep. I was aware of this. So, I, like, the customer segment for that must be so small that you're woke enough to be responsible and neuter your dog, but you're insecure in your masculinity enough that you feel like your dog, has to, have like your dog has to have testicles well, I don't because know that makes a statement about you. I'm not sure it's you. for the owner. Well, it's, it's definitely for the owner. It's all for the owner, but I think that the owner is so in touch with their pet that they don't want their pet to feel like they've been neutered. No way, man. I think I, that's it, man. I really do. I think that it's like a, it's about, I think that America is so soft now that they feel like they have to think about their dog's psyche. I was brought up to me this week in a casual conversation that yeah. we, we talk about gun violence. This is a, this is not a gun violence thing, but it is pertaining to what you're talking about and it amused me greatly, which is that, you know, obviously the concentration of gun violence is much higher in disenfranchised downwardly mobile places like Detroit, where there's also like a fucked up water supply, tons of lead in the water, which we've talked about in other podcasts where like he skis saying that, um, you know, all of the aggression tied to Flint, Michigan is actually a result of like heavy metals in the water. Uh, it's a, seems oversimplified. Yeah, maybe. Either way, I was laughing because... How about we, the fact that the sun doesn't shine for like four months? <laughs> super mad people. Aggro, right? But the funny part is if we wanted to fix that, um, we, it was proposed to me in a manner of speaking that uh, white people don't seem to give a shit about minorities that live in urban areas that are drinking a terrible water supply. But if we told those white people that the dogs of Flint, Michigan were also drinking that water, <laughs> that white people might be motivated to fix the water supply issue because they have I mean, such a heart for doggos and puppers and ooh, who's the bestest doggo? Yeah. White people don't give a shit about white people living in poor areas either. Um, well, I, I mean, yeah, I agree, but they don't see them. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I think that uh, don't you come up in this holler when I so when I lived in Chicago, I was very involved in a dog rescue organization. Um, in fact, when I spent a year kind of like in between jobs, I basically focused on doing that the entire time and uh, which I somewhat regret now. Um, I mean, it was basically being surrounded by like a bunch of like really like extra crazy women. They're the worst. And Did, I, 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 re- I recognize that I'm setting myself up for failure. I love my dogs. I love dogs too, man. I love, well, and I, I love feel like people that dogs. advocate for dogs rights are the worst kind of people. My wife brought to my attention that, so I was raised on a ranch. Mm-hmm. Like that's not like a story I tell to like promote a brand i've become a well, very bougie no but you have a different a yeah, different like, view of animal my, welfare my grandfather would take kittens and put them in a burlap sack and throw them in the lake because we didn't need more barn cats you know like this is what you do you throw these kittens in a bag and you throw them in the lake and you're like well that seems like what you're supposed to do like that is how i was raised i mean it's not the most humane way to deal with the problem but like it's a product of the great war and like that's just what literally when we were growing up on the ranch that's what we did right and the same thing with like if a dog ate chickens the dog died. Like, yep. You had this great pet that you really love, but if the dog broke in the hen house and ate the chickens, then like granddad took that dog out back and shot it. Dude, my, my, my wife recently told me that it is apparently against the law to shoot your own dog. And uh, that if people uh, caught you doing it, that you would be excoriated socially. And like, it's, it's like the great new social ill is like, if you abuse an animal, you should go to hell. Like uh, the guy who sent hate mail about my, my my mild comments Dude, I, about dog jujitsu. <laughs> I am not going to ever advocate for animal abuse or cruelty or well, neglect. No, but I think that there's a. It's it's just like everything else that we're very like we're all very attuned to things right now. And to say that like we have separated pets from animals. Yeah. All right, and that for sure that line is somewhat subjective. But all people now, like not all people, but certainly a lot of animal advocates see all animals as pets like mm. i don't i don't I, it's hard so i'm not a big if, fan if anything, of like the inhumane. i would say the extreme animal advocates argue the other way you know like PETA would say that you, oh, you shouldn't, shouldn't even pets. you shouldn't even own a dog right like but what do they do i mean you're you've imprisoned that animal but what do they do when they go to like these third world countries where people don't own dogs and they they wander the streets and they eat all the trash and they're just like they're vectors for disease totally man uh i i listen i'm not let me be super clear that i think PETA is totally fucked up <laughs> and nothing that they do makes any sense whatsoever or is well thought out i like to deal in shades of gray i mean i feel like some things i'm not gonna they deal do. with any shades of gray here man <laughs> I think PETA is a fucking horrible organization. They euthanize tons of animals in their sh- their like quote unquote shelter. Every I haven't looked at the statistics recently, but years ago I looked and PETA was euthanizing over ninety percent of the animals they brought into their is, like. Is that a problem shelter. though? Like that's what I don't understand. Like the idea, like this this whole like I heard Howard Stern lose his shit the other day talking about one of these Beverly Hills housewives that there's like a, apparently a gossip scandal about some chick who adopted a dog. And like she didn't like the dog, and so she gave the dog to a, a shelter that possibly mm-hmm. could have been a kill shelter. Yeah, dude, the whole I also get the kill shelter thing, like the whole like kill shelter, no kill shelter. You know, a lot of places in we saw in going back, I saw this in Chicago. You know, you can have a place that's like a private. We're a no kill shelter. Well, 
guess what? Like the county animal or city animal shelter is the one. Someone has the bottom line responsibility, right? So you're going to have to kill those and animals so, eventually. If they don't get adopted, you can't just keep 10,000 dogs in, in a 100 dog said, facility. That being said, I think that what I saw was that all the success that gets championed is the we pulled this dog out of the no kill shelter where it was going to get killed and there's the success we quote we rescued it right and the reality is that the real success is like we got the span neuter rate higher so there aren't going to be as many animals that are stray um you know we are holding people accountable for being assholes you know like we saw so we, so, don't, we don't sell horse meat in America because we... Yeah, we talked about that yeah. before. I mean, same shit as a cow, right? Like, yep. same reason we don't eat dogs and cats, but, you know, we'll eat fucking goats, right? I mean, we eat a lot of animals that aren't... I mean, pigs, I think, are pretty tasty. Um, you should keep them as pets. Dude, also super smart, right? I mean, you pigs are probably smarter than dogs and cats are. I don't know that's so a fact, I don't but think I accept it. I, don't I accept think your assertion. My point is it's not like an intelligence-based thing, right? Yeah. Um, in any event, I totally digress. My point is that- I like digressions. What I saw and that was frustrating was that you have all these people talking about all the good that they're doing, and same shit, man. Like, we rescued, rescued in quotation marks, this like litter of blind puppies, right? And it was on the fucking news, and there were- 500 people that emailed i want to adopt these dogs blah blah blah. they don't give a shit about the other normal dogs right now you got this like blind puppy i guarantee that this most is of, kind those of the puppies, exact opposite of adopting kids right like yeah <laughs> people are like i want to adopt kids but don't want to adopt that one Dude, you're it's a virtuous one. virtue signaling yeah. like that i'm you know i'm willing to like sacrifice for the the greater good of this animal's welfare same um, the same people that want to uh kill a downs kid in utero are the ones that want to adopt a blind puppy Dude, exactly, man. <laughs> I mean, and I think that most of those puppies should have been euthanized. I yep. also think that it's a fucking waste when, you know, my wife works uh, partly, part, part of her time is spent working at a veterinary specialty hospital. So, like surgical referrals, et cetera. Um, I think when you see these like private, you know, shelter organizations, that are willing, oh, we got this puppy and it's got this like genetically deformed leg. We're going to spend, you know, this GoFundMe or whatever, fucking four grand on a yep. surgery. Dude, that could fund spay and neuter for like hundreds of dogs, right? Even, um, even, even better, it could actually fund the education of a kid. Like, I mean, like, dude, there's, a, there's well, a lot of human suffering that isn't addressed while I, we spend millions I of dollars addressing animals. That's suffering. a different argument in terms of saying, what is like what is the priority in general what is the priority how do we I'm triage the money that's spent on on charity dude that so man uh, that's this a, brings us that's a larger this, conversation but this brings us to something we do want to talk about which we, is like we've wanted to talk about it for a long time and we haven't talked about it which is how do you choose a good charity like in yeah. a in a world awash with thousands this is way more serious conversation than i thought we were gonna have but i like it and it and honestly like a casual conversation about throwing cats in a burlap sack and putting them in the lake, like people gonna be pissed about that. Yeah. But you know what? We we can also say I'm kind of pissed about it. I think that it's a fucking bullshit move. I dude. I mean, the thing is, that's like I, you're raised on a fucking farm, man. Like, guess I, what? You don't need eighty cats. I get it, man. And what are you gonna do? Give them to the other people that have eighty cats? Like, they're outside cats. They live in the barn. The only purpose they have is to the mouse. There's a limited mouse supply. 
you can only like, we have two cats, we got two barn cats. That's I all get we you, need. I get it, man. I think that um, we also had cows. You know what else? What we did? I would, we shot packs of dogs that were domesticated dogs that would try to harass our cows. Yeah. Till they'd die, they just run them in a circle until the cow would have a heart attack, and then they'd all eat the cow that was laying there. And you're like, hey, man, like. I remember as a kid, my my granddad was like, you shoot those dogs when you see them in the field. Sure, cool. Like, we're running out there. I get Dude. my rifle. I shoot all these dogs, and I'm thinking they're full-grown dogs because it's like, you know, 200 meters away or whatever. And they're, like, falling down, and some of them squirted into the cattle, like, the cattle holding area, and they're underneath the trough. And I realized that, like, half of them are, like, six-month-old puppy-type dogs, and they're just in a pack, and they're, this is, like, something that they do. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, they're regular dogs. They're, like, beagles and, like, labs, and they're just, they're living wild. They just... You know, somebody Dude. threw them in a ditch. They all came, became a pack. I grew um, up in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. You know, very, uh, not like a real outdoorsy kind of area. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I get and, it. And when the only animals we know are pets, like that's how we see all animals. My kid is uh, the most domesticated. I mean, she's she's the most, she spends most of her time in her bedroom. My oldest kid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's really into music and Teenager, art and whatever. And the only animals she's ever really seen are domesticated animals. She doesn't understand necessarily like the concept of that. It's like, it's humane. She's constantly telling me, she's like, I think I'm going to become a vegetarian because cows are so cute. And I'm like, yeah, like they are raised for the purpose of being turned into hamburger. Right. Like, you know, we don't like, nobody's like, man, I think I'd really like to have this cow in my living room. Well, I think they also serve a, a bigger purpose if they're raised in actual like grass pasture. Yeah. Um, and that that is uh, there is an environmental cycle, right? I mean, it goes back to the whole like Joel Salatin polyculture. Salatin, that dude. Salatin, Salatin. Yeah. I don't know how you. Yeah, yeah. Joel Salatin's pretty interesting, dude. Yeah, and so I mean, it's the the whole Brayburn farm thing, right? Like that farm sucks carbon out of the atmosphere and puts it back in the soil, and the reason is is because they're raising livestock on you know on grass on grass, yep. right? So and and. They're not doing any type of management with herbicides, pesticides. Like there's bugs everywhere. There's birds. You know, like there's there's an entire ecosystem that what is not being saying, managed. You are using logic and science to talk about an ecological cycle that most people don't understand. I'm with you, but it's one of the reasons that I think that veganism is total bullshit. Well, it comes. <laughs> let me let us segue into this. <clears throat> Moving back to how to choose the right charity, the segue is this. People in general who are uneducated about a subject Mm -hmm. react based on emotion almost exclusively. So the idea that I am a vegan is an emotional choice that is made because you don't like the way that meats are raised or or meat products are processed. Yeah, I think it's it's made out of uh, genuine concern. You're making a statement. That you want to you want to see a better world. It's misguided positive energy. I would say for the most part, totally cool. Like I actually get it, but I also encourage people to not make emotional decisions because almost all emotional decisions are bad decisions. Yeah, in some way or other. Well, it's it's not even that it's emotional. It's just that it's misinformed. You get emotional, you make a decision without informing yourself. It is motivated by emotion. Like you feel a certain way and that makes you want to do a certain thing, right? Like I don't want to eat cows because I feel that cows are pretty and I don't like the way they're treated in meat processing plants. Well, I don't like the way they're treated in meat processing plants either. And we can all agree that meat processing and like the way that we do industrialized cattle, like cattle production these Mm -hmm. days, is not good for the environment. 
Like it is not actually helping with the ecological cycle. No, it's hurting. And yep. it's also feeding into this bullshit of the, you know, cow farts or what's causing global warming, um, which I think is the, the bottom line. If you had ruminants grazing on grassland, that would actually help solve part of yeah. the global warming thing. Yeah. I'm not saying it would do all of it, but in en mass, that would actually reverse environmental damage. Yeah. Well, that is <laughs> the way that things were meant to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people, like I'm even prepared to say that humans should have been herbivores. Maybe we're not really meat eaters. I don't, I, I, I like meat. I'm prepared to say that we're herbivores, but as humans. We're definitely omnivores. We just eat probably more meat than we should on average. Yeah, and but I mean, I think that because we've established ourselves at the top of a food chain because of mechanical advantage through like weaponry and technology, mm -hmm. um, we've eliminated a lot of the predators that would regulate that cycle as well. So like we've, you know, in order to feed ourselves, we've magnified like the creation of non-predator types. We've eliminated predators for our own safety. So like a lot of, I mean, the, the balance is wrong, but I don't think the balance is wrong, man. We've been practicing domesticated agriculture for a long time. Um, in a much, in a much more localized scale. So when you say a long time, I mean, we've been practicing it the way we practice it now since the fifties or sixties. 60s probably yeah but in general we've been practicing domesticated agriculture for many many hundreds but in, of years but in a local state in a, in a localized yeah, sustainable and even method. in then in that scenario you wouldn't be eating nearly as much meat as you do now uh agreed no i mean i i agree with that yeah I, i'm i'm saying that the balance the way the we've used mechanical advantage to ruin the balance sure it distracting from the original point though which is that all of the things like the way you feel about like the way my granddad, my granddad dealt with, you know, puppies and kittens on the farm that it's a, it inspires an emotional reaction. Like, I don't like that because that's what you were raised in a, in an I'm urban not freaking place. out about it. No, 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 no. But it's still an emotion, right? What I'm saying though is that I would argue even now in the, so you know what? My grandparents did a lot of shit that I would look, <laughs> that I look back at and then have looked back at and didn't even realize how fucked up it was how fucked up it was mainly because they were doing it in yiddish but to, um, uh, but and to us it's fucked up it certainly wasn't fucked up to them it wasn't fucked up to them and so i'm not like casting yeah, yeah. you know this uh aspersions that shadow yeah. of, of blame uh on your grandfather but what i would say is that in today's modern day and age that if you have barn cats that it's your responsibility to get those, in, those cats <laughs> in today's and in today's modern age, throughout states where agriculture and cattle are a thing, that is that is not the responsibility. They're not taking their barn cat to get spayed and neutered. They're just killing the kittens and burlap sacks. I, I understand <laughs> that that happens, but yeah. I would say in a lot of places, there are resources that you could easily take advantage of if you look for them where you could fix that problem pretty much, I wouldn't say once and for all because you have neighbors or whatever, um, but that with a little bit of effort, you can fix that problem you're still in looking, a You're still more looking at those cats way. like pets, right? I'm not even looking at them as pets. I mean, it's just a question of 
do I want to be killing kittens? The barn you know? cats that we had growing up, I couldn't pick them up. I couldn't put them in a cage. I couldn't take them to the vet if I wanted to because they no, were basically so that's fair. mini feral, tigers. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, cats. and they were cool. Like they were around. They didn't attack me. <laughs> but at the same time, I can guarantee if I right. tried to touch one of them, I would have pulled back a bloody stump. <laughs> sure. All right. That's fair. Anyway, I don't yeah. want to argue about this. No, no, no. Thing. It's just, it's funny because I think that it's, um, well, it's, it's a regional thing. It's certainly how we were up, brought up. But mm-hmm. I think it's funny because it does highlight the fact that we do altruistic things based on emotion. Certainly. How did we get here from bar fights? Um, I don't know. It's a wandering path, um, mainly because I think I accused you of a felonious activity that I'm not going to name because I'm not going to force you to retell the story. Felonious. There's nothing felonious about it. Um, in any event. You're right. There wasn't anything felonious about it. However, it was an admission on your part that I was like, we all know what the name of this podcast will be if you tell the story. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> but um, Brian takes great joy in finding the one nugget of really, really unseemly thing and being like, where in in this podcast, wherein Doug kills kittens. Yeah, Doug kills kittens. There you go. You tell your story. We can totally change the topic of what this is. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the charity thing. Yeah. Um, I actually I'm actually really interested in the bar fight thing though, because I feel like maybe maybe I'm setting the bar higher no than it should be. Higher than like it should be. Bar but fights are always anticlimactic. You know, like I, I feel like you you must have some good bar fight stories. Um. My bar fight, I lost a lot of like physical altercations up until the time I pretty much joined the army when I realized that just from being small. Yeah, I was really small. And also like, you know, dude, one thing I've learned though is the small scrappy guys, you can't count them out. Well, I've never, so I've never been knocked out. I've had my nose broken a few times mm-hmm. mainly because I have a huge fucking mouth. Um, and I'm like pretty sure when I look in the rearview mirror on those things, I definitely deserve to get my nose broken. I right. said a lot of like fucking really salty things thinking that I could get away with it. And then mm-hmm. people are like, who's this shrimp? Like, ah, you know, like <laughs> there it is fucking blood, bloody ass nose. Um, but I like, I definitely don't think I put myself in situations like where I went to college. Um, there were a lot of fights at bars and stuff and I just wasn't in any of them, you know, yeah. um, where like when I started working in the oil field, yeah, there was a lot of fights, but like, I wasn't in them, <laughs> you know, like I knew better. I'm like, man, I watched, like I worked with a bunch of dudes that were straight, like, um, as they referred to themselves, they were all mojados, which means they were, they had swum across the river to get, right. <laughs> to get to, uh, Texas. And like most of those dudes had been to prison for like a variety of things, like knifing people and like they didn't fight fair. It's not like, oh yeah, we're just going to get in a fight. Like you could take a swing at the dude and the dude's going to pull out a, like, two inch blade pocket knife and stab you 86 times, you know, like he's <laughs> right, just right. like, I don't want to fight those guys. Um, I worked in a restaurant and, uh, the dude that made the salads in the kitchen, uh, everyone called him Rambo and well, you a big ass knife. No. Nah, so one day I was like, why do they call this guy Rambo? And one of the bus boys was like, yeah, he killed like seven people in a Mexican prison. <laughs> I was like, wow. Nice. Uh, all right. Dude, and the night, some of the nicest guys I worked with, some of the nicest Mexican dudes were like. Oh, dude, this guy was great. Like 13 years in prison for manslaughter. What did he do? Well, he he stabbed this dude like so many times. And like, in, and I'm like, how's that manslaughter? That's murder. And like, oh, you know, it was at his, his wife's house and the dude was there. And like, there were some like, it wasn't premeditated. So, you know, he. 
he only did this. But I mean, that guy was like one of the most calm. We called him Mr. Clean because he like literally like he would get all his tools. Like his hair was immaculate. He would come out to the oil field in the, like the truck was perfectly clean. And like he would come to the field in like dress clothes, like pointy ass cockroach killer cowboy boots and wow. brand new jeans. And he'd get to the work site and he would like undress fold his clothes piece by piece and put on his coveralls and after that's every, like some movie shit and yeah. after every piece like everything we do it was a messy ass job you get really dirty every time we would do anything he would spend he would clean his hands like he was, like his hands would be spotless he'd like get the petroleum jelly out and just clean his hands off he'd clean the tools and then he'd put them back where they belong like that truck was fucking well wow. yeah he was always looking good and then like at the end of the day after everything's done i'm covered from head to toe i look like i just like ran through you know a sprinkler of oil and he's all like you can't get in the truck like that and you're like, why not like we just worked in the oil field he's like clean yourself up and then he would like just change back into his dress clothes for the drive home and you're like how are you not filthy right now you know it sounds but, like some like b-movie hitman shit uh yeah. he and his brother <clears throat> his daughter sent them i don't remember the the dollar value but her his daughter sent him um, I, I'm going to save 20 grand in cash to buy a car for her. That was the purpose of the money. And they drank a, a little too much beer and they went out and they bought $20,000 worth of scratch off lottery tickets. Mr. Clean. Yeah. Mr. Clean and his brother. Wow. And, um, they literally scratched through all of them losing money. <laughs> like hand over fist until the very end when they hit the jackpot and they barely, they barely recovered. Really? Oh yeah, man. That was, you're like, man, that was uh, a big gamble, bro. That's <laughs> so opposite of what I would picture a dude that you just told us, you painted this picture yeah, I mean, in my mind. He of. had like four DUIs and, um, right. you know, like he wasn't allowed to have his own vehicle to drive, but the cops didn't know his work truck. So he would drive, he'd drive the work truck with no license. There you <laughs> like, go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say he was making all responsible decisions, but those were the dudes that I didn't want to get in a bar fight with in right. West Texas. All right. And like, I, I mean, uh, so coming out of that and going into the army where a bar fight is, is like a gang fight because, mm -hmm. you know, like one dude gets in a fight and then like 15 year buddies just jump in. That's when I started to be like, Oh, this is why people like bar fights. Cause it's like, you're never going to lose. Like, well, different, it's not different setup. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, Oh man, that guy's got busted ass knuckles and he's super strong and tough. And like, I wouldn't fuck with that guy. You right. literally go to St. Patty's day in Savannah, Georgia, and you pick on this fucking scrimpy dude with a fucking big mouth. And then <clears throat> he just is like, Ranger down. And like <laughs> fucking 20 dudes come out of the woodwork. You know what I mean? Like right. you could make it out of the bar and get home to wherever your hotel room is. And like, you're still being followed by 10 vehicles full of like angry recent rip graduates that are like you talk shit to our friend we're gonna murder you and you're like no man like it's not like that so yeah. Right. yeah you just know like if you're in the q course and you want to get in a bar fight in in fort bragg like you're in a position of power or like you know what i mean like um we were in grenada mississippi in 2005 and uh, a bunch of guys went out to a local honky tonk, like a legitimate honky tonk. Mm. And uh, some dude talked shit. I don't remember the exact circumstances, but um, he was telling one of my associates that he was going to, you know, like wipe the floor with him, getting 
pretty confident about it. And about the second that he cocked back to punch my buddy, um, another dude just straight Superman in from left, like left field, just like, Wah! and took him right in the temple. Dude was out like a light, hit his head on the concrete and knocked out like six teeth. Wow. He was bleeding everywhere. And uh, then, you know, obviously a bar brawl starts and like, Dudes with good sense saw the teeth come out and we're like, oh, fuck it, we're out of here. <laughs> like, guys are like, man, we're rolling. So they all hit the wood line and then like four or five dudes got arrested. Um, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Sergeant Major had to go down to the sheriff's office and, you know, get the guys out of jail. And is and my memory was um we, we called the guy Tio. That was a, it was Sergeant Major Tio. He's uh basically he's everybody's uncle. Yeah. You know, and uh he goes in there. He's like, "Well, he goes, I'd I'd hate to try to hold a tiger by the tail, and you got a whole jail cell full of tigers over there. So <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do about this." And like the sheriff's like, "Well, you can have your tigers back. Just make sure it doesn't happen again." You know, like no charges pressed. Uh, I mean, that was a different time because now you. I mean, now a team gets in a bar fight. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it's only fifteen years later, right? And um, well, fifteen years later of social media and yeah, and I mean we just we just had a team information speed. We had a team in my company get in a fight uh, while they were on a training concept, and uh, they beat up a local pretty badly. And um, like team sergeant basically got kicked out of the army. A bunch of dudes. Like, I mean, there's there's like some serious charges pending. You know, it's like uh, you can't just laugh it off anymore and get a guy bailed out of jail. So. Like, yeah. To me, the idea of like I have always thought the cost of being in a bar fight was way higher than the benefit. <laughs> so like sure. for me, I'm like, this isn't a good idea. We should leave, dude. Bar fight. I mean, it's not a logical thing, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think that anyone's looking at it from like a cost benefit analysis. So I mean, I think some guys are, man. I think some guys are like, you know, like you said, I think some guys are cruising for that, right? Even then, I don't think they're looking at it from a cost benefit analysis. I think they're just cruising for a fucking fight. Yeah, um, it makes them feel good. Yeah, I mean, and who knows why, but it's a rush. I mean, a little, a little, uh, little drilling. I guess so, man. Yeah, it's something. So, I mean, we talked about bar fights, like you wanted to. Um, uh, we are not going to tell your story. I'll tell my story. Do you not tell your story? It's going to change the whole dynamic. All right. I was super okay with that episode being gone because I was like, man, Aaron. It's also funny to me because, in perspective, I now look at that picture you sent of the maraschino cherry incident and i'm like that is the that is definitely the same aaron that was sitting on a stool (laughs) (laughs) it is i mean (laughs) probably uh actually that was the same year was Was, it really yeah that's funny i mean probably nine months earlier um that picture was taken probably nine months after that that story was happened but uh, luckily for our viewers you texted that photo to me and Brian. So when Brian's editing this, he can do the flash up. Of that uh, photo. Listen, <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that picture, but it's definitely what for. Is for, it going to get in the way of you running for political office? I'm never running for political office. I'm just saying that it's not for, it's not necessarily for public consumption. <laughs> Make sure you tell Brian that because the temptation is going to be pretty great now to be like, <laughs> what is, because people, People are gonna be like, "What's the Maraschino cherry incident?" I'll, I'll tell that story. <laughs> but eventually, we'll have to tell it, but not today. Why not? Well, I mean, I guess you could tell it today. I'll tell that story. Tell it. So, my friend Noah, my roommate, junior year of college, 
his 21st birthday, we uh, decided to not only go to Vision's strip club in Madison, but then also come back and have a stripper come to the house. And how do you, how do you arrange that? I've never, I've never done such a thing. <clears throat> I mean, I they know. have followed me home, but it has always been more in an effort to be like, I want to put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt and show you how boring my regular life is. Not like to do my job. I was never the guy to do that because I was smart enough in college not to have a credit card. Ooh. So yeah, I didn't have a credit card until I graduated college and, uh, that is pretty smart. Probably kept me out of a lot of trouble. Yeah. So just this once it's a life experience. I have to spend it. Yeah. Well, so I was like (laughs) never the dude that could arrange that kind of shit. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, this fucking stripper shows up with, as you've seen in the picture, her like quote unquote bodyguard, this like really unattractive woman. I, um, I feel like you're giving her a poor shake. She wasn't that unattractive. I mean, she was, uh, she was a little homely. She wasn't a stripper. No, no, she was definitely way. not a stripper. The other girl was though, for sure. Yeah. Um, Bear in mind that Aaron's telling the story to us and uh, like over text message. And like casually drops the story and then backs it up with photographic proof, which immediately I start. I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> it's what I don't have a lot of pictures from college because that was pre digital age. Yep. Right. Same so here. I've got this one picture book that actually sits with all the other picture books in our house, in our living room, because no one ever looks at that shit. And uh, that is in a picture book in your living room. It sure is. I um, cannot wait for your kids to start poking around bored. Eventually. <laughs> it's like behind a picture frame. I mean, it's not like hidden, hidden, yeah. but um, I don't think about it that often. Like it sits there and I forget about it, right? I mean, it's not something that I'm like going back and reminiscing. Yeah. So you guys, um, so you guys get a stripper and her bodyguard back to your so get the stripper, luxurious apartment, I'm sure. Not luxurious. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm being facetious. <laughs> if you can uh, actually, let me, because I found another picture while I was doing this. And let me let me show you the the grossness. One of the things it's exactly what you expect from a college, uh, like a place that college kids in Madison, Wisconsin are living in. It's like uh, some old dingy couches that might have some vomit stains on them, some vomit stain carpet. Um, yeah, no, for sure. One of the things I actually think the the most disgusting thing about we can put this picture up on the internet. Oh, yeah. All right. The most disgusting thing about that apartment was that all four of us that lived in it smoked. Mm. And we stole. In the house? from Yeah. Oh, God. We stole from a gas station a, like, it was like one of those tall camel, you know, like four-sided, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Camel was still a thing. Yep. Um, with an ashtray, I don't know, bin or whatever you would call it. Yeah, for cigarettes. Like it's a uh, whatever. On top. Yeah, it was like a pedestal yep. thing, right? Um, but the ashtray itself probably was meant to be filled with sand. We never filled it with sand. So you, you know, it was it like, with cigarettes. It was like two inches deep, man. You could get like 80 packs of cigarette butts in there before it like <laughs> need, needed to be emptied. That thing was so fucking nasty. Um, That's you know, like, right. When I was in college, we had five gallon jugs that were community spitters. <laughs> Wow. And yeah, those things That's more disgusting. Those things reeked. You just like wander around the house and like just spitting one. They're like you're like, uh who's gonna take that thing out? It weighs a lot. Fuck that man. Uh, it's super gross. Did anyone ever drink one by accident? Uh dude, it's a five gallon thing full of brown <laughs> tobacco juice. It is not going to get drunk. It is it's like a, the water jugs that you get that right, you right. put in a cooler. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. we'd have those and you'd spit in them. All and right. no one's drinking out of that. In fact, I believe the whole house had an aroma from those. 
I believe it too, yeah, man. That's gross. All right. Um, you know when you sneeze really hard and you like smell the sneeze and you're like, oh, this is gross. I don't know if I've ever smelled a sneeze. Yeah. Anyway, my own. I'll have to pay attention to that <laughs> next time. So we have this place and the stripper comes back with her bodyguard who's like, hey, for 20 bucks, I'll get naked too. And we're like, nah, like, that's cool. Like you just hang out. Missed opportunities. So <laughs> this fucking uh, this stripper's like, all right, I need a volunteer. I'm going to do this like cool thing. I did not volunteer, but, you know, it was like drawing straws or whatever. All right. Ends up being me. So I end up on the floor on my fucking belly with the Smiling. stripper ear to ear grin. Well, dude, yeah, I'm fucking drunk and there's like a stripper sitting on my back. Yep. Right. <clears throat> she fucking pulls my pants down. I'm like, all right, like, yeah, still smiling. Like, what's going to happen? And she fucking takes a maraschino cherry and fucking shoves it directly into my ass. Not the crack. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Um, and she, that picture. Did, did she eat it out? She did not eat it out. Um, That's a letdown. Yeah. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this, man? Like, you're supposed to be doing cool shit. She literally brought a jar of maraschino cherries to your house specifically to do that. Yeah, she probably told that story a hundred times afterwards. <laughs> Guess what these fucking dumbass college kids they let me do? They paid me a hundred dollars to stick maraschino cherries in their yeah, ass. Yeah, well, that's not what we fucking paid her for. And uh, <laughs> that picture... But it is what you paid her for in the end. It is. Uh, she that, exerted her, her power over you guys. That picture captures probably 10 seconds prior to... There is a picture of Aaron smiling. No one fucking said anything, man. That's Aaron's, the other thing that's Aaron's bullshit. I did not know what was picture. happening. I couldn't see what was happening. You see top ass. Aaron is like, it's in like a, a high school graduation pose. Like he's on his elbows. <laughs> his hands are crossed. He looks so happy and his pants are pulled down and she's like squatting over him. And she has this jar of maraschino cherries in her hand and one is held between her forefinger and her thumb. And she has a look of mischief in her eyes. I didn't know that that was coming. No, it's good. I mean, that is the point. Yeah. All well, your buddies, I'm sure, thought it was hilarious. They thought it was fucking funny and no one fucking said anything. So, yeah. It in happens. Any event, yeah. Being sold down the fucking river by my friends. Friends like these, who needs enemies? Yeah, exactly. See, that's a way better story than the other one that you're going to tell. All right. Tell Fair. the other story now. If you, all right. I will. Um, this, no one will ever remember that I advocated the cruelty of animals after you tell people about this. So, yeah, I mean, this other story, now I feel like it's been built up too much. Not at but, all. Um, in Madison, I can say that I've gone college, my entire life without having done this. So, like, I'm like, yes, I well, finally found a moral high ground to hold against you. That's true. This, this, <laughs> this, was, uh, this was an accident. Doesn't matter. Still moral high ground. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest on these laurels for the rest of my life or until I do <clears> the same thing. All right. Accidentally. You never know, man. On purpose. I feel like older Doug could... Anyway, um, <laughs> I have a lot of frustration, but I don't channel it that direction. In Wisconsin, you only have to be 18 to work in a bar. You don't have to be 21. And bounce and stuff like that. Yeah. You're bouncing, right? Even bartend. Um, you only have to be 18. It, was, it had to do, it's like a loophole because in small towns, they had a problem where if you had high school kids or people that you know had just graduated high school working in grocery stores, that they couldn't check you out with liquor so right? they had to bring an adult to do it yeah yeah, yeah so they created this law that like was obviously like more expansive than it needed to be in terms of being able to like serve liquor that that was the intent that's my understanding at least it was like 
small town grocery store thing that allowed anyone who was 18 to work in a bar. My feeling was if I have to get a job in college, I may as well work in a place where I'm going to be spending most of my time and like get fucking free booze, right? So make a little bit of money, not spend money on beer, fucking win-win, right? Yeah. Um, and not have to worry about having to like get into a place like i always had a place where i could go plus it's social capital man like being a bouncer at a place means that you can get man. your exactly you can get your underage girlfriends in i always had a place that i could go underage and yep. i had a place that i could go with other people don't underage. mind me i'll look at your id and it's totally 21 yeah, have man. a good time let's look we'll, that guy lets me drink we'll He's just so walk cool. right up to the back door yep. fucking walk in like we own the place yep. social you fucking did. wasta exactly so on Friday and Saturday nights, there were three of us, and one guy had to start at 8 p.m. The other two guys came on at 9 p.m. And nothing ever, I mean, 8 o'clock on a Friday night, for me now, that's like prime fucking, prime social time. Yeah. You know, back in the day, for that sure. was... Uh, no, I don't understand how I did that. Yeah, it wasn't even like pregame time. I got a text message at 9.30 last night that I got at 6 o'clock this morning, yeah. and it's like, hey, what are you up to? I'm like, well... I was asleep. Right. Sorry for missing you. Also, why am I apologizing? 930 is a perfectly normal bedtime. Exactly, man. Also, I remember when we didn't get ready to go out till 11. Yep. And then we were out until 2 and then went to Waffle House and then we're up until 4 or 5. Dude, I literally don't know how we did it. I mean, there was a good period where me, actually that guy Noah, his birthday was from the, the fucking Cherry incident. Yep. On Friday and Saturday nights, we would split a bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label before we went out, and classic male pregame. Yeah, hey, you know what? <laughs> we're we're classy dudes. Yeah, uh, we could only afford to do that for about a month, but we had the entire mantelpiece above our fireplace lined with Johnny Walker Black Label bottles. Do we to feel, show everyone how? Yeah. I was gonna say this is a yet another example of things guys do that they think girls will find cool, but really only guys. I don't think, think we cool. did it for girls. I think we did it more for other guys. But like, you know, just be like, look how fucking cool we are. At what point do we all accept that most of our twenties was really just a lot of like very D dumb peacocking? Well, very very incompetent homosexual posturing yeah like i just want to look cool for other dudes if we could have owned that in our 20s right. think about how much happier we would have been fair enough yeah. all these girls are rejecting us i'm just gonna go gay for my 20s <laughs> and i'm gonna get married in my 30s to a woman and i'm gonna come right back around right yeah life, everybody would have been happier life lessons <laughs> life lessons from doug if you're young and you're listening to this think about it yeah if, if everything that don't, you do is literally to impress another dude are you actually a heterosexual right yeah some guys don't outgrow that in their thirties. That's 30s. a fucking fair question. Some guys still. Some guys don't outgrow that in their fucking fifties, man. That's true. You know, you see dudes in cities driving around in like convertible Corvettes. I, fucking I Friday was waiting night, for like, the core. I was like, it's got to be a Corvette line. It's gonna it's be coming, a Corvette, man. man, for sure. Everybody thinks this Corvette is cool. Yeah. Actually, no one thinks that Corvette is cool. Right. Greatest conflict of my adult life is reading about what is it, the ZR1, yeah. whatever the Corvette is. It's basically the best supercar ever ever made. The, still, well, still a Corvette. The next generation has the mid-engine. Yeah, it's it like, but so. every car and driver is like, it's written like you can sense uh, the shame of yeah. the author as he admits that it's the best car he's ever driven, and also still a Corvette. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Anyway, seventy thousand um, dollars buys you the best car ever made. Also, I can't drive it anywhere because it's still a Corvette. Yeah. Well, um, 
Yep, go ahead. So, I'm sorry. So you, we were in so, reverse sleep cycles. You were at the bar a lot. You were using this as social capital. Oh, yeah. So yeah. 8 o'clock, we started yep. one guy. And I just started dating this girl um, actually from my high school. And I was a junior. She was a freshman. Going back to the social capital thing. Yeah. Hey, come hang out at the bar while I'm, like, working at the, at the door. Like, you can hang out, fucking free beer or whatever. And that's what I like about Madison. I get older and the girls stay the same age. Right. Only, yeah. for, only for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this fucking dude walks in and with a bunch of his friends and he pulls out this George Costanza wallet. I have one of those. You do. Have, I've yeah. And I have, I have chastised you for this for a <laughs> yeah, long you have. time. I have to keep all my stuff in there. Dude, it's liberating. I, I used to have a Constanza wallet, and I went down to a very slim. I've got like probably five or six things in it, and it is really nice. So, anyway, we'll talk about that. Yeah, smaller wallets. I don't know. I can't fit my passport in there. So, where are you, go- where are you going on a moment's notice? <laughs> Shush you. That's enough. All right, go ahead. You'd have a separate leather passport holder. Ooh, that sounds yeah. fancy. We're going to get you fancy. <laughs> So, so go ahead. <clears throat> you, this guy brought out. This the guy comes in. Yeah. So this guy comes in. He fucking t- shows me his license. It's two years expired. Right. He's got this whole fucking wallet full of shit. Hey, man, just like another lic- form of identity. Give me another form of ID. I mean, it really looks like him. It looks like a real license. It's probably him. But like, why so? Why so expired? And he fucking starts giving, reading me the riot act. You know, I'm a fucking asshole. Like, he's over 21. This is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. His friends are super cool, right? And his friends, you know, are like, hey, you know, fucking let's call this guy. You know, hey, Tom, like, don't be a dick. Just fucking do it. You know, I'm like, dude, you got a fucking billion things in this wallet. Just show me something. MySpace, Tom. Ultimately, I'm like, listen, man, you're not going to, like, it, 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 at some point, it becomes a thing where it's like, this shouldn't even be this big of a deal, but n- I'm not going to back down. So, But you don't like thin pancakes, and you will not lower your voice. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So understood. you're not coming in here unless you show me another fucking thing from that wallet. Otherwise, you can get the fuck out. If I back down, I admit that I really have no power over your access to this place, and this is the only thing I have right now. Exactly. Yeah, I get so, it. I was a bouncer, too. I was I'm, like... And I'm, by fiat. and I'm sitting next to a girl that I just started dating, yeah. so look I, can't, at me. I can't look like a fucking flexing pussy. nuts. Right. Yeah. So finally, I can't the, believe you told that guy to get out of here. Under the pressure of his friends, he finally agrees, and you know, fucking pulls out a credit card or whatever. They walk in, they walk over to the bar, and there was you know like one kind of like horseshoe shaped bar in the middle of the the space. And this dude turns around, looks at me when he gets to the bar, and just gives me the fucking finger. I'm like, man, fuck this guy, right? So, like, <laughs> shit starts doing. I know you said you would have walked over there and fucking hauled his ass out. But, Just like. Just, hey, man, it, like, literally, like, you work at this place. Like, I I, I have all the power. This dude literally walked 10 feet and was all like, fuck you, man. And you're like, no, nah, bro. Like, I know the bartender. You're not going to get served here. Like, you can't have a drink. I'm going to call the cops on you. I think at that point it was like, you know what? I'm just focused on this girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Which we've already talked about in this once today, which is like the purpose of going out is not to get into a random bar fight. It's to. Exactly. It's to win the attention of the fairer sex. Fast forward, you know, three and a half hours and it's midnight. These guys are still here. The bar's packed. Everyone's drinking, including myself. The girl that I was talking to has left, and this guy and walks your best friend. Not well. This guy Nate <laughs> that used to work at the bar, yeah, um, who we called the Bobo Doll because Re- recently out of prison, <laughs> not out of prison. Um, <laughs> re- well, recently out of I wouldn't even say jail. 
Recently, having been fired after getting arrested for throwing empty beer bottles at people, trying to get them out of the bar at the end of the night, he <clears throat> comes over. We you start gotta talking. Sweep that shit up, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You got to just not hit people in the head is yeah. what it comes down to. Um, Did he? Yeah. So, I mean, not like, I mean, you know, thrown across yeah. the room, right? Yeah. Good so, aim. Nate, I'm talking to him. I'm like, hey, man, you see those guys over there? You see that, like, the shorter guy kind of up near the wall? I'm like, do me a favor, and when you go over there, just walk by this dude and just kind of bump him. I know he's going to fucking give you lip. Like, I, the whole point was I can't go over there. I'm still stewing about this for whatever dumb reason. Like and when we talk about something on a Thursday and on a Monday morning, you're like, remember that thing that didn't clear, really matter that I've been thinking thing about for me. the last How four days? Yeah, I'm like, have you been yeah. thinking about this for four days, Aaron? Yeah, exactly. yeah, I got it. So <laughs> not saying it made sense. No, no, I'm with you. It, but, it actually makes really good sense. It's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just, it's petty. It's right. <laughs> three and a half hours later, I can't go over there and be like, remember when you gave me the finger fucking three and a half hours ago? That's bullshit. You're out of here. A jerk so, store called. They're yeah, all out of you. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, Nate, if you go by this guy and just bump him, I know he's fucking got enough attitude that he's going to say some shit. That'll give me a reason to go over there and fucking grab him and haul him out. Nate's like, man, I don't know. I don't. I don't think this is a good idea. Are you bumping up against? No, nope, keep going. I literally, this story will finish at the perfect moment for us to say, and that's all, folks. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> Nate reminds me that he had just been fired two weeks prior for for fisticuffs. Not really fisticuffs, but maybe you know violence. Yeah. Um, if you want to call it that, he was being too heavy with the iron. Right. So or the glass in this case. You know, Nate, Nate's like, man, I, this is not a great idea for me. I just got arrested here two weeks ago. I'd love to help you out, but nah, man, like not this time. Nate sounds like a grounded individual. Yeah. Nate was a good in dude. this moment. Um, Nate was an awesome guy. And like going back, you know, the, the Bobo doll nickname was the fact that like anytime there was an altercation, Nate was not very good at throwing punches, but you could knock Nate down. He could, he could, could not up. fucking keep him down. <laughs> It was like just no matter soaking what, him up. dude, just soaking up. I mean, he was a fucking key team player. Yeah, keep right? hitting my friend while I fuck you up. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So ultimately, we finish our conversation. Nate walks away. I watch him make a fucking beeline over to this guy, and Nate's like a bigger dude. Like he already told you no, didn't six, he? He already told me no. But he didn't mean it. Nate's <laughs> Nate's six three, pretty strong dude. This guy was probably like five eight. Five seven, like much smaller guy. He's facing the wall. <clears throat> kind of his friends are all in the in the corner there. Nate walks up behind him, puts his hands under this guy's armpits, lifts him off the floor, and just fucking slams him into the wall, like face first. Like, dude, that'll teach you is, to talk to my friends that way. This is not only not just like bumping him. I mean, this is like just like <laughs> what the fuck, man. Well, like that escalated quickly. So, obviously, immediately, this guy's friends are like, what the fuck? You know, whole scuffle breaks out. I have eyes only for one guy, which is this dude that's crumpled to the floor and trying to get himself up. I'm going to fucking grab this guy. Sucker punch the motherfucker. Get him out of the fucking bar. Yeah. So, walk over there, grab him. I'm walking him out of the bar. And as I'm about halfway to the door, 
someone comes up behind me and takes a pint glass and fucking breaks it over the back of my head. I can feel them like not thrown. It's like literally smashed. <laughs> yeah. Right? Well, adrenaline's Rage. pumping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? This, yeah. this guy is still kind of like, eh, you know, like from being slammed. Into Justice the wall. is about to be fucking wrenched from your hands. You are going to get even. And now you've been hit over the head. That's with right. A beer I'm bottle. not going to wait three and a half hours nope, for this exactly. shit. Right. You know, like fucking <laughs> yeah. this is happening. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, dude, let go of this guy. Ball up my fist. I know the general direction of where this came from. Squeal and let it deliver. Turn and swing as hard as I can. And as my head turns, when it's too late to pull the punch, I realize that I'm about to fucking punch this guy's girlfriend Mm. right right in the fucking face. Right in the face. So connect with her. She goes down. Crumples like a fucking paper bag. This dude is like... Uh, wait a minute, like this guy just fucking punched my girlfriend. Luckily, he was still kind of like... Uh, Must from- not have cared about her that much. <laughs> Dude, he got slammed really hard <laughs> into this wall. <laughs> fucking turn back to grab that guy. Take him outside. He's really pissed. Bartenders have like jumped the bar, called the cops. Cops show up. What happened? These guys started a fight. This fucking chick with like the broken nose, her and her boyfriend ended up sitting on the fucking curb, handcuffed. Get arrested for fucking starting the whole thing. Justice is served. Justice is motherfucking served. This is why However, you don't start a fight with a bouncer. You don't flick off a bouncer that just lets you fucking break the law to get in and drink beer. You fucking accept that you got a free pass and you drink happily. I don't on even your own. think he was breaking the law. I think he really was. You cannot get but, into an out. Like I, I don't know what the law is in Wisconsin, but right. I'm reasonably certain that ID. it's not legal yeah. to serve alcohol to someone with an expired ID. I'm certain that's true. Yeah. So, right. so technically breaking yeah, law. Yeah, you're letting him break the law. Like, you Fair gave enough. him a free pass. What a generous guy you were. Right. And the cost of that free pass was just uh, his girlfriend's broken nose. Yeah. Well, and so that was uh, that was I, that was my first bar fight. And <laughs> that story is not a letdown, by the way. You because know, my first bar fight was punching a girl in the face. Yep. Yeah. I've never punched a woman. So I've never punched a woman since. I've never punched a woman. <laughs> I like this. I've never punched a woman since. <laughs> also, like the way that that story isn't necessarily so much of an accident as it is a case of mistaken identity. Well, who? I, you know what? Kudos to the guy's girlfriend for fucking coming up behind oh, me. Yeah, and that's the kind of woman class. you want to take home to mom. It is. But <laughs> looking back, I mean, I would not have guessed that it, that would have been her. No, nope, no, nope, me either. I mean, if Good you had job. To, if you had to roll the dice you would think that it would be one of his friends, right? I mean, yeah, but that's not the case. Instead, you ended up hitting a woman. Yeah. So there's some other weird Chivalry. shit that happened up Chivalry. in Madison. <laughs> but uh, we'll save that stuff for, for another day. Yeah, so uh, thank you for telling that story. So as this episode isn't Doug's family drowns kittens, it can now be wherein Aaron <laughs> still, abuses think, women. Uh, on the naming convention, it's still the... It's up to Brian. It is up to Brian. <laughs> That's fair. So, um, yeah, I got to go see a man about a horse and not one that we're going to mercy kill. (laughs) Enjoy. uh, Enjoy. Uh, Thank you for another fine episode of wandering in weird territory. Thank you, Doug. Later, man.